Hi, I'm your host, John Pope, and this is episode number seven of 100% Podcast. This episode has been a long time coming. We've taken a little bit of break, but we're back with a bang. I've got my good friend and uh, Seth Prescott here in town from San Antonio. Gre- Welcome to the Gregory, show, Seth. Gregory Seth Prescott. Gregory Seth Prescott. There you go. We use his, his, uh, his full name. Full here. name. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Been, it has been a long time coming. You've been after me to get over here for like, what, a year or something? At least a year. We've known each other for about five years or I so. I think so. And uh, to kind of transition into how we met, we met, um, you were working a deal here in Houston. Seth does the same thing I do, tenant representation. And uh, we co-brokered a deal together and I started noticing um, some things about Seth that were a little bit different from your typical broker. Um, mainly that he, he just always wanted to help. Um, he, he's, he's got that heart for really helping people, helping the clients. Uh, so many brokers that um, try to be a consultant. Yeah, yeah. He told me he doesn't think of himself as a salesman. He thinks of himself as a consultant. And so whether it's you know helping the client, um, you know with a referral and you know for a good uh, tax attorney or helping him on moving day. Yep. He's always there for his client. I've, I've helped move some people. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was just I don't offer it all the time. <laughs> I was just impressed with that because you know. It, it kind of forced me to look in the mirror and say, you know, am I adding as much value? Am I helping my clients as much as, as Seth? And I think it's helped make me a better broker just getting to work with you and, and seeing your example in that, which has been which has been great. Um, and you've got an interesting story. You know, you didn't you didn't take the typical um, route into the commercial real estate business or life in general, for that matter. Right. Um, so. Um, I don't know if you're planning to ask me questions since you you roped me into this thing here, but <laughs> um, my background is a little different. I actually uh, was homeschooled pretty much my entire life. Um, I think I went into a school when I was about you know 15 or 16 just to see what it was about. However, I think I got a really good education. My mom is a she's actually a doctor. She or she has a doctorate from Old Miss, and so um, I think I was educated fairly well. Um, I grew up in Georgia, like you, um, and uh, ended up, you know, going to Russia for nine months and uh, Michigan for some training. And I actually ended up in construction first and worked for five years as a contractor in North Carolina and, and then moved to San Antonio or just outside of San Antonio before I got into the real estate business. Yeah. So when you moved to San Antonio, I know a little bit about your story. You were actually... On a ranch, correct? Yeah, it was a game ranch uh, just outside of Lukenbach, Texas. So, uh, old Willie Nelson song about Lukenbach. I think it was like two or three miles south of there. And uh, it's beautiful. I can't remember how many acres it was, but it was all high-fenced. Game ranch had buffalo, zebra, elk, you know, all dad. We used to go chase the black buck with that orange fencing and like, you know, get him into a corner and go tackle him. It was pretty crazy. But... Uh, Pretty unique, pretty unique situation. So you went from tackling bucks to tackling deals, and yeah, how did you how did you make that uh, transition? Uh, some some friends of mine um, had that I had met when we first moved to Texas were working with CB Richard Ellis, a uh, guy by the name of Russell Knoll and Michael Bakke, and so they decided to start their own firm called Knoll Bakke, and they hired me as uh, one of their first employees. Um, there was only like four of us total, but, um, they hired me straight from construction. I barely knew how to use a computer and other than to play games on it. 
um, and uh, just ended up, you know, they put me on, uh, I think, five Class A office buildings in San Antonio. So I, I started my career leasing one of the, the top Class A buildings in San Antonio, Bank of America Plaza. And um, it's actually the largest office building in San Antonio still. At, I think it's 532,000 square feet if they haven't changed the measurement of it. But, um, you know, so I had a great start to my career with some, you know, very solid mentors. Um, Russell had been a leasing broker for most of his career. And his partner, Michael, was really focused on the tenant rep side of the business, which I, which I gravitated toward. And so the first couple of years, um, you know, not knowing how to do deals, they would bring me along and, you know, bring me into pitches and uh, working mostly on the landlord side of the business. And, have, you know, I had no business connections in San Antonio, so I just had to get out there and work and call on people and, um, you know, try to, try to find deals. And you were going door to door at that time, correct? I did. I did a lot of cold calling, um, wore out numerous pairs of shoes and, um, so that's that's kind of how I that's kind of how I started. Were you just get inside your mind a little bit here? I mean, oh, that's a scary place to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I picture myself coming coming from a ranch, getting to the corporate world, and and going door to door in office buildings, you know, um, it seems like if that were me, I'd be intimidated by that. Yeah, know? I mean, for sure. I mean, I you know, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. Um, I really think it took me, I think it took me, you know, four to five years before I really felt um, comfortable and had enough deals under my belt to really know what I was doing. So after, after Nobaki, so I was, I started my career in 2000. I remember I actually passed my real estate test the day my son was, the day after my son was born. Um, he, was, he was actually born on the ranch. Um, and so I remember going in the next day and I'm just praying, God, let me pass this thing. Cause I, I got too much to do. And so, um, we moved, we moved off the ranch. I started this job and, um, that was in 2000. So, you know, September 11th happened and, you know, the market tanked. And so there was a lot of, you know, a lot of uncertainty just all around, you know, for everybody. I remember exactly where I was on 9-11, driving over the, the Cibolo Creek on 281, going south to work, <clears throat> you know, not really knowing what was happening. And, um, you know, that was a, uh, you know, after, after that point, things definitely slowed down. And so not too long after that, I, I left Nolbaki and went over to uh, what was the Coger Center at that point. And that's really where I learned how to do a lot of deals. Um, I did 125 transactions in 18 months over there. So I just, you know, one deal after another, learned how to, you know, write leases. I had a really good mentor there. His name was Steve Crozier. So I owe a lot to him. You know, he really taught me how to, you know, write good emails and, um, you know, get to the point with people and, you know, get them to where they would make a decision. And so I, you know, I owe a lot to Michael and Russell and a lot to Steve you know, for the training that they gave me. Unbelievable. And I feel like I'm just rambling on, so I apologize if I'm talking too much here. No, no, it's, it's you're the guest today. I want, <laughs> I want you to talk more than me. Um, you know, what, have you always been, 
the type of person that just wants to help other people? Or is that something you've developed as a skill to become more successful in business? I think my parents always, you know, taught me to be that way. You know, my dad is always serving people and helping people. And um, he he actually built our house. Like I said, I grew up in the country in Rome, Georgia. And he, you know, he built our house. He tore down some, you know, uh, buildings and built, you know, the, I call it the shed. But it was a, another little barn slash, you know, room that we did our schooling in. Um, but we were always going and helping other people, too. He uh, started a... Um, he wanted to teach me how to work hard. Not that I wasn't already doing that from, you know, just growing up in the country and having to, you know, grow gardens and, you know, take care of our five acres and everything else. But we started a, he started a a lawn service. I don't even know how old it was, probably nine or 10. And he started it actually with the idea of helping the widows in our church. And so we would go and mow their, mow their lawns for free. And then we would end up picking up the neighbor's yard, you know, to mow it, and we'd get paid for that. So he started the business with the, you know, the idea of really helping, you know, the widows in our church. And so we mowed, I don't know, it was like five or six widow ladies' yards. And then that kind of started our lawn business from there. So from the time I was nine or ten, you know, we would go, we would, because I was homeschooled, we would stop school about you know one o'clock in the afternoon and sometimes we would work until you know we'd turn the lights on uh after dark finishing up yards so that's pretty much all i did growing up was work <laughs> wow and but it but it, it really started with you know my dad's desire to teach us how to work and to teach us to you know take care of other people yeah i mean i've seen your work ethic firsthand in commercial real estate business i mean do you think that's what's made you so successful? I mean, one of the most successful brokers in San Antonio, Seth is a humble guy, but he's, he's one of the top in San Antonio. Um, you said I was in the top 10. I said there was only about 12, you know, 12 tenant rep brokers in town. So, <laughs> right, right. So he's definitely in the top 10. <laughs> um, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, you know, I, I'm also, I think, I think part of it too, is I really try to think outside the box. You know, I don't, not that I try to, I think I just think differently than a lot of other people. Uh, I try to be very creative in structuring deals and, you know, making sure that, you know, because I've done so many deals, I think I'm over 800 and something now. I kind of stopped counting, but, um, you know, I think that just because of the number of deals I've done, I've seen certainly there's, you know, you, I learned something new on every deal. But, um, you know, it, it does help me to be creative in, you know, working with my clients to make sure they get the best deal possible. Totally agree. I mean, if you're, if you're not creative, you're not going to add as much value to your clients. Because when you have, when you have, what I've found in my career is when I've added the most value to my clients, it's when they come to me with a problem mm-hmm. that they can't quite figure out how to solve. <clears throat> and you can use your experience, but also your creativity, which is an unlimited resource and in order to solve that problem. And I think my, you know, I think my favorite thing to do, honestly, is networking. And so I try to help people solve their problems by bringing in, you know, other people, you know, other people that know how to do something better than I know how to do it. So, I mean, I, I don't know how to do everything for sure, you know, and it takes, I don't know, how many people to, to close a deal. I mean, you know that it takes, you know, sometimes five, sometimes 20. And so, <clears throat> you know, I think that's part of, 
you know, part of the job of a broker is to help, you know, help your client make sure that they're protected and navigating through, you know, architects and attorneys and engineers and space planners and, you know, the other, you know, but you also have to treat everybody fairly and ethically and, you know, make sure that it's, you know, I've, I've never been a, you know, I've always been a win-win person. I want, I want everybody to win as much as possible um, while putting my client's interest first, you know, but it doesn't do, it doesn't do them any good if you push it so far that the other side is, you know, pissed off with you and them. Well, totally. You burn bridges, and I found that you negotiate the best deals in, you know, there doesn't have to be a winner and a loser in the deal. Exactly. You know, like you said, we, we can advocate for our clients and still uh, not burn bridges on the other side. And when you when you call for the next client, I found that the, if you have a good relationship with that person that you've negotiated with before, you're ultimately going to get a better deal for your client. Right, exactly. And it's going to be a smoother process. And I think it really helps them. I mean, you know, I've, I've tried through my career. I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. I think coming up in January, it'll be 20 years. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I really tried to, you know, become friends with, you know, a lot of the other agents in San Antonio. And, um, you know, just have mutual respect for, you know, other people. And I think that really goes a long way because, you know, when you get to a place where a deal is tough, you know, having, having someone on the other side that, you know, respects you and, you know, knows that you're being honest with them and not, you know, feeding them a line of bull, you know, or trying to posture or whatever, I think that really goes a long way to, you know, getting, you know, getting a deal done and really getting the best deal for your client. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, what what do you think it is? Um, you know, one interesting thing about Seth is that about eighty percent of his business is referrals, which is yeah, probably it, at this point. I mean, for our industry, that is a very very high percentage. If they do that or repeat clients, and you know, you know, if I hear about a deal, I'm going to go chase it. You know, but a lot of those are you know warm you know warm leads or um, you know some sort of a referral type you know situation. That says a lot because so many brokers out there are just having to chase new clients, new deals every year because they don't take care of the clients or they forget about them after the deal's done. And you clearly haven't done that. I mean, it, over. I do. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's perfect. I'm only right? human. Right, nobody's perfect. But over a period of 20 years, that really starts to starts to pay off and pay down. You know, it's really you know, like yesterday. I was touring with a client that I, you know, it's a doctor client um, who I've, you know. I wouldn't say I've kept in perfect contact, you know, with her, but I helped her 10 years ago, you know, um, and she reached out to me about two or three months ago and we're working on either renewal at her current location or trying to help her find, you know, a space to downsize a little bit, you know, to right size her practice. And so, you know, that's always nice to, um, you know, work with people that you worked with before and, you know, it's, there's a, I always try to make friends with my clients as well and keep in contact with them as much as possible. Yeah, let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about San Antonio as a city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done deals there over the years, but you're in that market every day. I mean, tell us about that market. How is it changing? Uh, what's going on? Well, you know, there's a lot of building going on. Um, you know, we actually have a brand new building in downtown San Antonio. And then the, uh, the Pearl District is really hot. Um, there's a... There's two new buildings that are currently going up right now, just outside the Pearl. 
and there's another one that's getting ready to break ground pretty soon. And all those rents are, you know, pushing, you know, 35 net. And, you know, in the upper floors of Frost Tower, it's even more than that. So, you know, on all the new buildings that we have in San Antonio, our rents are, are actually going, you know, up to be, you know, we're not to where Austin is for sure, but, um, you know, we're starting to see some, some pretty significant rent growth. And even some of the other buildings that, you know, have historically been in the, you know, the low to mid-20s are, you know, getting up into the high 20s now. So ultimately, at 35 net, you're at close to, you know, upper 40s to yeah, almost 50 bucks a foot mm-hmm. all in, um, all in rent-wise. I mean, t- 10 years ago, when I started doing business in San Antonio, <laughs> what, what would have been the highest rent? I mean, would it have been I like mean, 30? Uh, no, not 10 years ago. No. Um, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, some of the CBD buildings and, and then, you know, some of the new buildings along 1604 have have gotten there a lot faster, you know, than than the second generation buildings that were built in the 80s. Um, but, you know, it's it's been pretty dramatic over the last several years um, how the rents have grown. Have a lot of the buildings traded over the last ten years? The major office buildings, or do you? Have- yeah, I mean, it's there's a there's a fair amount of trade of the buildings. You know, San Antonio though, you know, our market is so much smaller than you know Houston or Dallas or I like to I like to try to explain to people like you can take every single building in San Antonio and put it in the vacancy in Dallas and there's still 10 million square feet left over. So it's just it's just a small market. What's, you know, what's the total square footage in the market roughly? It depends on whose numbers you look at, but it's like thirty around thirty, thirty two million. Okay. Houston's multi tenant. Right. Houston's at three hundred twenty six million right. square feet. We've got so over ten ten percent of what you guys are. Yeah. We've we've got more, more sublease space than we have. <laughs> yeah, we've got fifty three million square feet of um vacancy. Yeah, vacancy available in our market. Um but um San Antonio It's just it's a totally different dynamic, you know. Um, for a broker in San Antonio, I think, versus a broker, you know, here. You know, you guys are going to see a lot bigger deals, um, you know, uh, and it's going to be, I don't know, this is my perception anyways, you know, that there's a lot more opportunity in a bigger city, but, you know, I, I like the I like the pace of life in San Antonio a lot better. Uh, I think our traffic's getting, you know, as bad as some places around here because of the construction projects, but... I think once those get up, I think it's going to really, you know, fuel some additional growth uh, north of San Antonio as those roads get opened up and, you know, travel is a little bit easier because right now it's a, it's a huge mess. Interesting. What, what do you think the most challenging thing about our business is or your business specifically? Um, that's a hard question. Um, I don't like to look at it as challenging necessarily. It's just a you know problem to solve or overcome. I mean, certainly there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. I mean, you can work on you know deals for two and three years and have nothing to show for them. You know, but there's always that uh, excitement too of like knowing that another deal's around the corner. I mean, there's a lot of times where you know I've gotten to the place where I am. You know. Uh, pessimistic or you know doubting myself you know and you go without income for three or four months and you know your deals are looking bleak or you don't have anything in the pipeline I mean that gets a little scary especially when you have six kids to feed yeah so um, you know I've been very blessed and I thank God that he has provided you know well over the last several years and you know 
try to be like a squirrel and, you know, shove your nuts in the tree and, you know, try to, you know, spend them as, as frugally as you can so that you're not, you know, you're not in a place where you're in a bind. Right. That's one thing that if anybody's watching this, that's looking to get into commercial real estate brokerage, or maybe you just got in the business. Be prepared to be poor for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to get going. And then once, once you make cash, one of my early mentors, um, you know, was, was big on having a lot of cash mm-hmm. and keeping a, a little debt as you can, keeping a lot of his net worth in cash and keeping it liquid. And, and it gives you a runway to be able to right. chase new opportunities without having that stress, exactly. um, which is, which is what I've done. And, and what you told me that you've done, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people think that you're missing out by, you know, not being in the market. But for me, having the cash there, having the peace of mind and being able right. to focus on my business and w- without the stress of, you know, checking the stock market every day is, is well worth it. Um, I agree. Any, anything else you'd like to add to the, uh, to our viewers out there? Well, I mean, you know, I would say the same thing, you know, about you. I mean, I think, you know, I've been very impressed with you and your entrepreneurial spirit and all that you're doing with, you know, your software development. And, you know, I was really excited to see some of that this morning. Um, I think that's going to be a huge thing going forward. And, um, you know, I'm really excited for what you're doing. And, you. you know, I know it's going to pay div- big dividends for not only for you, but I think for, you know, your clients as they realize the value of it. Thank you. Do you have any more positive things to say about me? Or is that, is that <laughs> you got good hair. I mean, I try. I try. <laughs> well, mine's th- too long. I need a haircut. Well, thanks thanks for being on the show, Seth. Appreciate you finally getting in here. Of course. Um, Glad to release another episode. Expect more of these here soon. And um, hope everybody has a great day. I'm going to hate hearing myself on here. And I really don't want to see what I look like. But we'll see. All right. All right, Seth. Thanks. Thanks, man.